Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. You know, I'm thinking of having a sparkle put at the end of my name, but it says Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Just don't and with an me. exclamation point with a no. I'm not Al- no, 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 I'm not Albie Shore. That's how you would write Albie Shore. So, what do you look? I got my milk thistle extract that cleans out your yep. liver, right? Have you heard about this? If you have a fatty liver, they say take this. I thought but, lemon water did that. I don't know anything about it. But then I also got zinc pills because it helped. I heard this works, zinc. So you OD on zinc and vitamin C, and then you don't get sick. So, no, I mean, obviously, normal. So, oh, look. Look who's already here saying hi. Jimmy V. Jimmy can't leave us alone. He's like our Wait, only dude, fan. I, I have to tell you, I got a crush on Jimmy V. I want him to come be a regular. How do we get him into our... With us in the beginning of the show, Posse. I, I don't know. We sent him our link. But why would he want well, to do I, that? Listen, what? We, we've got something's missing. And I don't know if you've noticed this. I did. Let me tell you what it is. Yeah. Advertisers. Okay. All right. That's all I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Woo. What's missing? Let's just talk about the great shows. Jimmy Kimmel, right? He's got his posse. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just talk about it. Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. has a musician and a sidekick. There's mm-hmm. always three people at the start of the show. You get a sidekick mm-hmm. and then you get your mm-hmm. musician. Mm-hmm. We're here. I'm your sidekick. No, we I'm need- your sidekick. No, I'm your sidekick. I'm your sidekick. You're the publisher. That's true. But we need that third person. I- I'm thinking we need Jimmy V at least once a week. You know that? We don't need anybody. We got each other. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. See what I'm you saying? You don't so want to see me in a caveman suit. Listen, that could be very smelly. And speaking of smelly, what have we got coming up today? When we talk about how things taste, and I won't go on too long because I know you get on me for that. It's not me. It's everybody else. People call me and they say, why does Jennifer talk so much? And I say to them, because she's got a lot to say. And she's all about conviviality. And and part of that is to bring conviviality. What is the thing that tastes best to you? In the world, like when you put it in your mouth, you go, "That tastes like that's my favorite taste in the world." Do you what really want? Well, there is a stuff. It's, it's this turmeric vinegar blend that I love so very. Banana turmeric vinegar blend from Anna's Shrubs. That when I tasted that, my mind got boggled. Right, okay. but I love like like um, South Carolina mustard vinegar barbecue. That flavor. Right. Those are my. That's my flavor. You, you know what I have here. Chimichurri sauce. Chinese hot mustard from takeout. One of my favorite flavors. That's my, I, I always pour hot mustard in my soups, but Everything. it's weird. I I don't really call it Chinese because I find that politically incorrect. I call it just hot mustard. But you do what you want. Don't let me judge. Let's talk about the fact that 
over 80% of what we experience as taste is actually being translated and communicated and, and um, in experienced as intake through the sense of smell. Most people forget that one of the most important components of flavor and taste is the sense of smell. The sense of smell is powerful. It's primordial. Some people Ooh. say that it rivals the sense of hearing. The sense of, the sense of smell and the sense of hearing are the two most primordial senses of the five senses that we have because those are the ones that trigger the most powerful emotions. Primordial? What does that mean? Means it means a long, long time. Like before, before we were we, before anything Me. happened, before the giant redwoods, before Mount Kilimanjaro, before any of it. All right. Oh, wow, that's great. So long that's, that's, time ago. So if we smell, I know. I'm, can... I'm, 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 I want you to now think about your favorite sense of smell. There are certain smells. My mother's been dead. God bless her, for many, many decades. But I could still, if someone was wearing Gina Tay, oh. gives me a powerful, powerful reaction. Like, Mama, if you smell oatmeal cookies or chocolate, my mom, my mom did Gina Tay too. Well, Gina Tay. <gasps> and when I, I was a kid, she would go bathe, and I would, she would always come out in the shower, rather, and I would be like, smell like Gina Tay, and then you like feel warm, right? Yeah. 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 And then her fancy perfume was the Nina Ricci from Italy. So do you think that my kids are going to smell farts and be like, oh, that's my dad? You know what? Mm -hmm. Don't be surprised if they do. I wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't be. So now that we're talking about all your olfactory senses. We're talking about the fact that for people who cook, if you are a baker or better yet, if you're a barbecue guy or mm -hmm. a you're a barbecue queen and you're out in your pecan wood and mesquite smoked goodness and the smell of the fat dripping down mm. and searing and mm -hmm. atomizing onto your skin, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever gone and given someone a little kiss that has been mm. cooking for you all day and they smell and taste like the thing that they've made for you that they made with love? These are oh. powerful senses. Like if someone's cooking cabbage all day, I just want to kiss that girl. Small Nana. Nobody's house smells like Small Nana's house. Listen, what I'd like to say is, or there's another way you could do it, right? You could always invite a girl over for dinner, a guy over for dinner, whatever. And you could say, I just, I'm going to cook you the most beautiful meal. And you order it in, right? You order the meal in, you, put, you replate it. So they think you cooked it. Then you pick up this stuff, this basil flavor, and you squirt it all over yourself. Have you smelled that yet? It's amazing. It's amazing. Let's get, let's bring Mark on, shall we? And so, we can find so out you know who our guest is today? Mark. Our guest, we're taking our audience and our friends and our friends in the business on a fantasy trip today. Okay, now you're getting crazy. You're back to the I crazy. Am. I am. Well, stop I'm it. Let's just, let's bring him on. We talked about the fantasy trip. What are you, Willy Wonka? Good Lord. No, Hi, Mark. Mark. I'm sorry about this nonsense. I am not Willy Wonka, but our guest saw, is Mark Crane. I sort of like the Willy Wonka analogy. That's pretty cool. He, he he's our guest today. Uh, Mark is the CEO and uh, lead perfumier uh, at Demeter Fragrances. And um, we are so thrilled that he's here because he's a, a man who understands our world of hospitality, food and beverage. 
but he understands it from that very sensorial point of view. He's an artist who helps bring our world to life, but he's also fluent in understanding the powerful sensorial psychology of why certain smells make us feel certain ways. And he is a practitioner of the amazing scented arts. He joins us today from his perfume laboratory. Ooh. Welcome. Perfume. Or the backyard, one or the other. Perfume. Or his backyard. <laughs> the perfume, first of all, it's a perfume laboratory. Get it right, Jen. I know, I'm sorry. Well, hello, Mark. Let's go. Let's find everything out everything is there just there is. An, everything is just another room in the house now, like everybody else. <laughs> yes, just another room in the house. That's funny. How are you, man? It's good to have you with us. I'm good, and it's great to be here, uh, really, because I was listening to you talking before you brought me on. And what I find is so great about fragrance and the crossover between taste and smell is that they're both so visceral. Right. Uh, and I find fragrance in particular, your sense of smell is particularly powerful. It's just the way we're wired. So when you smell something, it creates the most powerful sense memories right. out of all your other senses. So you literally emote more and feel more, most of us, through our sense of smell. Let's so, talk about that word visceral as it applies to the experience of a human being coming into contact with something through the five senses and how certain senses we become culturally, um, I'll just say inured slightly to, um, but great beauty in any art form absolutely powerfully triggers an irresistible response. There are just some reactions to fine arts that we cannot control. Do you find that scent and fragrance and aroma are the place where it's the least likely to be able to be controlled? Like you smell something and, and you can't just pretend you didn't smell it. You just, you have a reaction like you've seen great beauty or had some great turn on or turn off. I think the scientific evidence supports that our most powerful reactions are to smells more than sight, more than touch. Uh, it, you know, that is not going to be true for everybody. Everyone's a little bit different. But for the majority of people, it appears just the way that we're wired. Our sense of smell is the most powerful sense. It's the least understood, right. probably the least used, and the most primitive and the most visceral. We will talk about your fragrance collection but it's so rare that we get to some have somebody on the show that I can um, have these kinds of conversations, the kind of conversations that drive Michael crazy. But bear with me. I'm super excited to have you here today because when I was thinking about the five senses and the different forms of art that we live with and we consider the capital F fine arts and we look at the muses from, from Greek legend, um, the, I think of them all. The one that is the least represented is the sense of smell. You don't have sense of smell in music, in dance, in painting, in sculpture. I mean, you could go down the list and all the things that are the traditional fine arts. Show me where fragrant and aroma participates in that in that family. Uh, it, it doesn't. One of the things that has been fun for me is that we've worked with several museums to add scent to different 
different exhibits. Uh, in particular, cool. uh, I think it's San Antonio. We run an entire program that's for blind patrons using uh, scent to enhance the, the visual artwork being described to them. How is that done? Uh, I've, I've actually not been and not attended it, but they, they request, they have their program and they request the fragrances that they want to use to support that idea. Wow. And we provide them and then they, they are, have special docents trained to execute that program. Can you imagine a, if you had an atomized spritz of a scent of hay while you are, you know, experiencing uh, Van Gogh's haystacks? I mean, I'm thinking along those lines, or maybe that's well, the, narrow and little, literal. I, I don't think it's, I think they more try to create context. Yeah. And we also do a lot of his, uh, support with fragrance, a lot of historical <laughs> exhibitions. Let's let's imagine for a moment why first Jennifer Jennifer let's roll back let's find out what Mark does the company how he got let's let's do a little history here right let's pretend that we've never met Mark before because I haven't I like what he's saying I'm finding uses for him now I've, I've looked at their website I found some amazing things I mean Jennifer right. I'm, when I'm telling you amazing things I, I but I want to know exactly what it is I mean. Well, we, we were going to go look, there. Look, look at this. I know, but I'm just saying, the guy does everything, okay? Right? If you can get a junior mint smelling, I'm, I'm set, right? But let's go That's back. Let's let the audience learn about it. Like, so, Mark, right. tell us about your history. Tell us about the company. Then we'll get into Jennifer's perfumery of the English language. <laughs> Mark, well, I apologize. We, I'm a bit of a pain in the neck and a smart aleck. I, I'm sorry that we distracted from your fantastic company and what you do. I can talk about the philosophy of fragrance all night. That's not really an issue for me. Okay. Uh, it, this is good. My my idea of a good time, for better or worse. I'm going to have Mark design a fragrance for my home. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, that's awesome. Because I was just design I would, Of course he can do it. Don't ask him. Of course he can do it. Mark can do anything if I ask him to. I've got 12 million <laughs> readers. What's he going to say? No. So Mark, I went Probably to this place. Not. I went to this place called Pelican Hill Resort, right? And it's some fancy five-star resort. I get better service at Walmart. I'm not going to lie, right? But they had, but I'll tell you, it's worth the stay because the fragrance in their shampoos and stuff was just so delicious. And, and you know what everyone's telling me? Oh, it's rosemary. It's, it's not, right? I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to go, Mark, get me this fragrance from my house. But let's go back. Let's take a stroll back when you were just a young man 20 years ago, right? A younger man because... You were probably 15 when you started. Let's go back and find out what is it, what's the company tell us everything. Give us the well, whole thing. I, I'll give you the five-minute version. I want I'm the 10-minute version, Mark. <laughs> I'm a lawyer by training. All right, so Mark's got to go now. We're going to have to hang up on him because he said he's a lawyer by training. And I was actually a prosecutor. I worked for Janet Reno in Dade County. It was my first job out of law school. Oh, how cool. Right. Does she and smell good? And that was a lot of fun. Uh, I had, I was 27 years old, 28 years old, three kids, two cars in the townhouse in the suburbs. Public service wasn't making it anymore. So I went into private practice in an existing international law firm that needed a litigator. I ended up litigating for a couple of years in the fragrance industry. Oh, interesting. Ended up, ended up becoming general counsel for one of my customers then the president of one of a uh, division of one of his competitors 
and then in 1986 started my own company, which was a fragrance distribution company that I actually started with at a bridge table in a spare bedroom in my parents' house with my brother with a single line call, phone and call waiting. And we had $4,000 was the capital that I borrowed from my credit cards. And when we saw mind that- you, mind you, he was already a lawyer and he had to borrow $4,000. What is that telling you? He may not have been that good it, of a lawyer. It was, it was an ugly divorce. Ah, oh, the worst. Uh, and, uh, and when I sold that company in 2002, it was doing $120 million a year. I bought Demeter uh, about six months later, and I've been doing that ever since. What was really interesting about Demeter is, Jennifer, you talk about you know, the high art of perfumery, and there is high art in perfumery. Right. But we work in a very, very specific area. Uh, a good example is I think most perfumery is impressionistic. It's the trying to create a feeling, a sense, uh, a context, a time and a place. We're the photorealists of the fragrance industry. I'm not trying to, to give you an impression or a guess. I want you to experience the greatest junior mint that you ever had in your life. And preferably, you had it when you had your first kiss at the movies when you were 13 years old. That's, That's awesome. the feeling that I want to create. So what we do is we make fragrances that are inspired by real objects and experiences. And as a consequence, they evoke the feelings and emotions that you have associated with those fragrances. Now, the interesting thing about that is we don't have any innate sense of smell meaning that you weren't born thinking that poop stinks and that baby powder smells wonderful. We learn those things as we go along, as, as we often do with food. Wow. Uh, it, and of course, the relationship between taste and smell is, is very tight anyway. So what we're doing is, is if I made, I make a chocolate chip cookie fragrance, that is based my memory that drove that fragrance was coming home and my grandmother baking cookies. And I could smell that from half a block away. It was awesome. It's awesome. Do you do, Mark, Mark, do you do a gefilte fish or a chopped liver fragrance? No. Okay, just question. I just wanted to know. I wanted to know. But if, but, if you're, but if the last time you smelled chocolate chip cookies, your grandmother burned down the kitchen, you're going to have a different feeling than I do. Right, right. So th those are all learned associations and they're very personal. So what I'm, I'm trying to do is do the idealized version of that fragrance. So when I made Cosmopolitan Cocktail, I was making the Cosmopolitan Cocktail that I had at sunset at the Sonoma Inn in Napa. Well, in Sonoma. It, you know, that, that's the, not a Cosmopolitan Cocktail. I want the greatest Cosmopolitan of all time. So, Mark, I feel like that's what uh, that's what we do. Like we're century <laughs> soulmates, okay? Wait a minute, Jennifer. Let me ask you this. Let me ask him one more question, and then I'm going to let you go, Jennifer. I'm going to pull that ripcord, and it's like a lawnmower, Mark. I'm warning you. <laughs> and then her friends call her up, and they yell at her because why does she put up with me? So, so now, all right. So obviously, we have these little fragrance bottles, right? 
what what is this how do how do you what's the disbursement do you do restaurant stuff do you do you do like i saw some infusion sticks and fragrance bottles so how how does this work we do a lot of different preparations we do colognes we do diffusers we do body oils uh perfume roll-ons lotions gels it's uh but it's 300 different fragrances. Each fragrance comes in seven or eight different formats and different sizes. The idea is that designer fragrance is about Ralph Lauren or Calvin Klein telling you what's going on, what you should right. smell like, what you should feel about that, how it should make you feel. We think that you already know all those things. You know who you are, you know what you love, you know what makes you feel a certain way. Our job is to make that available. You don't. You don't. You need a guide. You don't. You don't need a, 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 a someone to put your whole thing together for you. Mark, do you sell at retail stores? Do you sell online? Do you sell at uh, perfumeries? We exist all, in in the U.S. We exist almost only online. Our DemeterFragrance.com, Amazon. Pretty much anywhere you shop online, we're probably there. But we don't have any real physical presence. It's just we can't maintain our price point, which is very affordable, and support retail stores. What you do is terribly exciting to me because I want you to imagine every other realm of the fine arts are represented by a category, a monolithic category painting, sculpture, music, right? We get to the sense of smell, which is predominantly through our nose. And there really is no capital F fine art historically that we acknowledge culturally as having that same really important, powerful, personal, intimate, impactful sense existence. We've kind of talked about that. You, you've said this. So I want you to imagine for a second that that in the capital F fine arts, in the realm of aroma, sense, and smell, that on this side, we've got food and the culinary arts. And on this side, we've got fragrance and the fragrance arts. And then if these two were to go up one more evolutionary level, we would have Demeter because what you do is take these two powerful sense delivery systems, places where artists live and exist, and you idealize the most ir irresistible, exquisite expressions on either of these realms, combine them together and present them. It, I would make an argument right now, counselor, that, that if I were gonna pick something to represent in the capital F fine arts for the sense of smell, it would be the products that you produce. And I think of, a, and that is lovely, and I appreciate that. But when the way I think about it is I look at what we do as a craft, much more than a fine art, particularly what, what we at Demeter do. One of the unique things about making these kinds of fragrances is they express, they're, they're called single notes, which means they express their nature right away and don't change over time different from designer fragrances and prestige fragrances that have what's called a dry down. Starts out smelling one way and changes over time. 
sometimes very substantial. And in fact, these notes that we make are, can be the building blocks in those more complex fragrances. And the dry down is actually the different notes expressing themselves at different moments in time, according to just their chemistry. Okay. Um, so when I think about it, I look at the great perfumers. Uh, they're here now and through time as being able to combine those elements to tell a story in a way that I don't even try and do. I, I think of my, I, I'm much more Greek pottery in this story than, than, than Monet. Okay. Uh, that's how I look at it. Okay. You guys have totally confused me and I've really been trying to focus. <laughs> I've honestly been trying to focus right now. And I have no idea what we're talking about. I don't even know. Is anybody can comment, please, if anybody can understand what's happening? Well, all I, all I know is this threw me off. My favorite fragrance is fuzzy balls. I don't even know. At least it's not sweaty balls. I don't even know what's going on right now. Tennis I mean, balls, I, buddy. Oh my god! I love ten, tennis like ball the flavor. smell okay, of a I admit, can. Yeah, that whoosh. I, I I admit I have a good time with the names. Names I mean, do you have a Kensington? Do you have a Kensington Deli flavor? A specific that we can walk like point to the deli and no. Well, I and, and quite frankly, I stay away from savory. There's been there's been a long debate whether or not savory makes mm. a wearable fragrance. And I've maintained for most of my career that it does not, but then I made pizza. Uh I, I because I think the the attitude towards that changes over time. Right. And yeah, I think we're getting to a place where in all seriousness, we're not too far away from having a, tur a roast turkey or, <laughs> or, or, or roast beef. Wait, which uh, pizza? I, but what pizza did you use, Mark? Which pizza? Who's, what, where did you go to get the smell for the pizza? What's your best uh, pizza? Very, very straightforward, uh, you know, margarita. You didn't just go out of Brooklyn and slap a, get some scents down there? And, no, I right. didn't. I, I did a Roman, Roman margarita. Oh, that's a little classier, less oily. I like that's what we eat here because we're classy. We're upscale. When, they, when the kids want to eat pizza, they say, can I get a margarita? I can get a freaking pizza from Domino's. It's a pizza. Well, one of the things that I really enjoy is the idea of cross-cultural scenting. Right. So I think it's it, – now, Demeter started out as a very, very American brand. A little bit of, little bit of British roots, but really American. Apple pie. Um, it, it, you know that those it, it very angel food cake, very American smell. Do realtors do, do realtors buy like the home atmosphere stuff and they put it out? And all right, so there's huge markets. In, and I think restaurants could probably do the same thing because you have do you have like homeopathic flavors as well? Sense I've yeah. done some things with restaurants, but my own belief is that I don't want to add scent to a food environment. I don't think it's a very good idea. I think it just becomes a conflict. Yeah. If you want to Some, add that, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> if you if you want to add that to the food, add it to the add it to the food. Um, well, now you're talking rocket science right now, Mark. We can't do we, apparently, and I apologize. We, we don't get into rocket science, do we, Jennifer? I'm chomping at the bit to get into rocket science of this because I'm. But wouldn't a lobby, Jennifer, a lobby of a great restaurant have a certain fragrance they walk into? Like I can imagine going into Picasso or going into like one of Jean George's restaurants where there's always the lobby or even Danielle, where you're always, a you know, there's the entrance and the fragrance would be mind boggling. Then you get in, then the food overwhelms you, right? 
because when you walk in, you don't have the food smell of when you walk in these places. I, I, I got to tell I, 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 I stay away from it. I, I think that the food's enough. It doesn't need my help. Right. It's my right. opinion. Now, what about a candy want, store? I, I, same, well, candy store, I think, is the same thing. You want to talk about a bank or a hotel? Yeah, those are places, you know, yeah. locker rooms. They could use my help. Let's but, talk about locker rooms, Mark. How do you, you spend a lot of time in locker rooms? <laughs> not, any, not these days. <laughs> Jennifer's like, what is, where did this go south so fast? Go ahead, Jen. No, no, no. I, I understand you. You have to, you have to go where you have to go. But one of the things that's really powerful about some of the products that we've been testing, um, when we talk about who we are, and you guys both have alluded to this, and I'm glad you mentioned the locker room, Michael, because the fact is everything we do says something about who we are. And our self-awareness comes about through our development of appreciation for the things that we love. If you meet a new person and you're seating and, and you're talking to them and, and someone says, I want to get to know you. Tell me what kind of books do you read? What kind of music do you like? What kind of movies do you enjoy? Tell me about the things that you you enjoy the most. And then that tells me a bit about who you are. And in our sense of self-awareness, not many people have that developed ability to say, well, I'm a Chanel number no. five, or I'm a Demeter uh, gin and tonic girl who likes, you know. Really? I don't know about that, Jennifer. No, no, you know what? Yeah, everybody knows what smells they love. It I have a fragrance, Mark. To know that I love basil and I hate rosemary, or I love what? eucalyptus and I hate right. tomato. Let me but smell it. What Here's what Mark smells like. Spray the basil. It's Mark. We can smell it. I'm actually no. the patchouli. I wish we had that. Oh, you I have that. that? Well, I didn't get that. The, by the way, the basil. Oh my God! It smells like a. It smells like a, a sandwich. The yeah. the basil is the but basil. The whole is reason very, I'm mentioning this, you guys. The, the whole reason I'm mentioning this is because Ooh. you say, oh, I, you know, I listen to the Beatles and, and I love scary movies. And, you know, the scent of basil turns me on. I mean, that's not, we've got to get there. You know what yeah, I mean? I think your, scent, you, your scents give us that sort of bring us into the present moment of being aware of it and mindful of it. That's all I'm trying to get to. You know, maybe it's just our, our uh, you know, I work, talk to our customers and they're very aware. So maybe I, I'm, I give too much credit because our little slice of the world understands. I just tried ginger, Jennifer, and I feel like I'm in a massage parlor right now. <laughs> I want to know I why. Mean, because it smells like ginger. It smells like ginger. Hello, ginger. Hello. Having See, that's the, the paucity of my life experience includes going to a massage parlor, but I don't. I've know. never been to a massage parlor, but it sounds funny. Take Can my humor. <laughs> so... I, I want to talk about the fact that of the aromas that you sent us to, to try, I like them all very much, but there's something about um, this gin and tonic. And when you explain that you've chosen a quintessential example of something to typify, it reminds me of how in the wine world, there's something called Lene Duvan. And it's a series of scents in small bottles that as you're learning the different notes of what different kinds and styles and varietals of wine have, Absolutely. they create a, a universal scent sense memory 
so that when you're tasting wine with people and you're all in agreement, this tastes like chocolate, that tastes like tobacco, you can go back to that. This is what tobacco is supposed to taste like. This is what chocolate is supposed to taste like. Would you talk a little bit about how important it is to identify the target and then hit the target and have that target actually be the, this is, this is what this is supposed to smell like. It's, you know, it's an interesting intersection, uh, the fragrance creation of science and art, because most of what we do is, is simply chemistry, but at some point, and sometimes we use chemistry very intensely. So for example, we use a process called headspace, which uh, I could take an apple, for example, and then take the air around that apple, put it in a vacuum, suck that air out, break it down, run it through a gas chromatography machine, get mm -hmm. its chemical fingerprint, and then recreate that with synthetic materials. And I now have synthetic apple smell, exactly the way that that was, or close to it. You can The science can get you to a point but then there's a point at which the art takes over and, and, it, and it does come down to, in our case, me smelling it and, and making some judgments about what's going to be, have the greatest impact on you. So your That's, discernment, your connoisseurship, your sense of good taste are the things that help you decide whether you want the smell from a just picked apple, a one-day-old apple, a five-day-old apple, or an eight-day-old apple. Uh, that Exactly. It, it, the, the, the particular kind of perfumery that, that I do is really a very, very rigorous editing process. See, to me, that kind of specificity and rigor speaks and is so reminiscent of like the great art of Richard Estes, one of my favorite photorealistic painters. And when you said that, I immediately connected the dots and said, that's exactly what this is. This is the photorealism of, of aroma. And then I wanted to make sure that I was really clear in complimenting you because that could very easily be some of the most difficult art to create because it has to be that precise and it's the precision. I know it's 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 not comfortable to be something other than humble for most of us, but but I have not for me, not for me. I'm better off not being humble. And I'll tell you this, Mark. So <laughs> my, speaking of art, because Jennifer loves to talk about art, I do. My wife, my wife is a world famous artist. This is um, true. I would like to tell you something, but she signed an NDA, and I think that she told me, so I'm not allowed to tell you. Right? It's very fun. But wouldn't it be fun, Jennifer, to have her own fragrance, fragrance at her own gallery expos? So when she's like live at a gallery in Key West or in Laguna Beach or Vegas Hawaii. or wherever she is, Hawaii, to literally have her own fragrance and she puts out this whatever it is, right, the home atmosphere stuff, and people smell. They smell her artwork. So I may have to set this up. So the question is, what do sexy mermaids smell like? Oh, well, I used to make oh, mermaid, I, mermaid fragrance. I don't know. Sea, seaweed. Smell. Hello. They smell like seaweed, but, Mark. Seaweed. Seaweed. Uh, oil. You know, but those, those are fabulous questions to have to try and answer as a perfumer. Uh, you know, now that's a more challenging to me. That's more challenging than it's hard enough to figure out how to make the perfect cosmopolitan. Trying to figure out how to make the perfect mermaid, that's really yeah. challenging. 
All right, so Mark, so, I, have to, I have to point something out that's kind of obvious, though. If I have an apple and I take a bite of that apple, I am tasting the apple. If I have a gin and tonic and I take a sip, I'm tasting it. You translate the bite and the sip to the spritz. So you create the taste and translate it into the smell. That really is a remarkable part of this process. Will you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I don't look at the two as incredibly separate, I guess. Um, and I don't think they are. It's very hard. I don't know that one can even distinguish really between taste and smell. And we know we have a lot more smell receptors and a lot more different kind of smell receptors than we have taste receptors. So I, I think that so much of our taste is based on smell anyway, uh, especially the parts that are more detailed and precise. So that's what I focus in on. So it's much more about the smell to me, even when I'm eating. So Michael and Mark, I want you to imagine that for every year, the James Beard Awards uh, go to regions of the country and they award the best chef, Northeast, Southwest, New York. Can you imagine if each of those chefs had a signature dish and you created an aroma? So quite literally every year, the Beard Foundation, could create a line of sensory experiences where you could literally smell what the dish that you might never get to taste is. You know what? I'll take it to cool. the next. I'll take it to the next level, Jennifer, because I know you're a one-level lady. Okay, I'm going to the next level. Mark, I'm very one-dimensional. Get that's Mark. You're an that. you're an attorney. You're an attorney. You can go up with me up that ladder, right, Jake? <laughs> okay. Ladder, right. Ready for this, Jennifer? This I is a this is a multi-billion-dollar Michael Pollitt's idea, okay? And you know I have the good ones, Jen. Tell him, tell him, Jen, I have the good ones, okay? Not, you know, not to be rude, Mark, but I wrote the book on restaurant success, okay? So, here, so here's the thing, Jen, you ready? You know how we're doing all these Zoom things and cooking classes? What if Mark worked with Truffle Shuffle, right? And whatever they were doing with their cooking classes, people can have it, this is part of their package. So we could watch it and smell it and learn it. Oh my God! There's so but by the way, the gin and tonic doesn't smell like someone poured a gin and tonic one. It doesn't smell like my uncle. I'll tell you well, what it smells. It's like. a, you've got to make the decision. You're editing. It's an editing process. Yeah. I edited. So what you're really getting there yeah. is a healthy dose of a really beautiful juniper and a touch of lime. I'm going to tell you what it smells like, Mark. 1985. <laughs> I have to agree with that. In Georgetown, Georgetown, 1985, sign of the whale. Oh, That's almost fire all day long. Oh, God, Jennifer, good job. Mark, let's talk a little bit about fashion and fragrance because trends come and go. Uh, I don't know if anybody even wears Nina Ricci anymore, so I smell fewer and fewer people that smell like my mom. Uh, will you talk a little bit about your industry and how? There are very, um, very prominent cycles that we go through. And, and what kind of time are we in now? Right now, I see. Uh, uh, now, I will say this. The last four months are different, obviously, than anything else. But the trend up until the end of the world was um, was light and clean and fresh for us. Uh, flowers are always popular. But it was fragrances like baby powder, clean skin, sunshine, which is the smell of a cotton t-shirt warming in the sun. 
those are the kind of fragrances that people are, are really gravitating to for us. Who was that, now, Mark? Mark, who just walked behind you? We're Mark concerned with who was that? Who was that walking behind you? Who was that? Probably, either a daughter or a wife. Lots of girls. You do. I can tell you live in a house full of girls, Mark. I know what that's like. I finally had a boy. He's three. Just not even a man yet. What's your favorite floral fragrance, Mark? If you someone said, Mark, what's your favorite flower? What, what do you like to Jasmine. smell of? Jasmine. Jennifer, what about you? Lobster roll. Lobster roll is not a flower. <laughs> no. I, you know what? What's so funny is my favorite. Don't you want to know what mine is? Well, let me finish. I love peonies. But I don't love how they smell. Well, I asked you what the smell of your favorite fragrance was. One of my going off I love lilacs because mm -hmm. I'm originally from New England, and I love summertime geraniums. Mmm, weird. That sounds like mulch. Flowers are, are flowers are fabulous. I like freesia and stephanotis. And we always go for a. I like to do flowers in a very particular way that is different from how normal, regular perfumer usually approaches them. If you think about traditional flowers in a perfume, they tend to be some intense or redacted version of that thing. It's not the flower itself. Right. Uh, it's like you said, you like peonies, but you don't like the, uh, like the, the smell. It, what I try and do is capture the living flower. Yep. So I want, if you smell our rose, I want you to smell the rose bush. If it's our honeysuckle, I want you to feel like you were in the backyard 30 years ago, pulling off those little, little honeysuckle cups and draining them. Yeah. It's it's, I want that experience. Remember those Not days, to, Mark, remember the honeysuckle days? They don't do I that do. anymore. Yeah. We don't do, they don't do that anymore. Mark, how many chefs come to you and ask to collaborate, to create their, their own, um, you know, philosophy of flavor in, in a, in, in a, in a fragrance. I had a couple, but not as many as you would have thought. I, I think there, I think most chefs think about fragrance the way that I do, that that it, it's it's interfering with, not not adding to what they're trying to accomplish. Everything they should be trying to accomplish should be on that plate, nothing more, nothing less. That's how I look at the fragrance. I would think that's how a chef looks at a plate of food. Did did you uh, do you remember Michael when our guest later this week, uh, Chef David Burke, created? Those spray flavors. Oh yeah, whatever happened to that? We're gonna ask him about it. I wondered. I forgot about that. Was Mark the gentleman who created those spray flavors? No, I have actually been asked to do flavors in the past, and I've stayed away from it because I really don't have any experience and I don't understand them. Uh, as you can probably tell from my background, I'm not exactly a trained perfumer. Uh, what I do is something. I happen to have a really good nose, and I've learned enough as time goes on but I try and stay in my lane. But he's got a good schnoz is what he's saying. He's just got a good schnoz. He knows that schnoz knows. Schnoz knows. I think we're onto something, Jen. So where are you now, Mark? Are you in New York? Is that where you are? Great Neck? Yeah, we, we're based in, uh, in Great Neck, just outside of the city. Oh, well, been there many times. Many, many times. Jennifer, have you been to Great Neck before? Yes. Good for you, Good Jennifer. place to hunker down. It used to be a good place to find chicks when you were in college. I haven't well, had that issue in a while. What I said when, when you're in college. So 30 years ago, I had to worry about that. That was a great day. Listen, chasing, I, chasing all the Long Island girls. I wish that was a 30-year conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I want to tell everybody, uh, Mark, all our friends in the food world, we're all hunkered down. 
We're all locked in. And if you're a foodie and you're locked in, don't you want to be locked in with somebody who smells delicious? I was a yes. empty silence. There I was, was an empty silence. Well, what do you think, Jen? I'd like to be someone. Listen, there's been many times. I hope my wife's not watching, but there's been many times that I've been locked down with girls that smell like gin and tonics. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but the most fun are the girls that smell like whiskey and tobacco. That's yeah. the truth. Those are more the country girls, right, Mark? Go yeah, a little more south. A country, south country fragrance. Yes, I have to go so, with that. So for all our friends that are at home in lockdown, um, tell everybody how much something like this might cost and where we can go find it again. We're talking about Demeter Fergus. We got it up on the screen. Demeter Fragrance is the best place to go. It's the only place that has all 3,000 different products that we sell. And uh, basic cost, right now we're actually having a 15 off sale. So our basic one ounce spray is only $18. It's, uh, our, it's Christmas in July. Let me tell you something, Mark. Can you call my wife and tell her to get me the Yurst colognes and fragrances? Because she buys me Creed. And I don't know if you know what that costs. But well, it's you, not can, that. you can get a whole collection of Demeter for one creed. Yeah. But I understand that, Mark. And, and I'm not happy. I, I have to pretend that it's exciting. Like, oh, my God, thank you for spending $600 on a bottle of cologne for me. But I'm thinking, isn't there a car payment that needs to be made? <laughs> in, in, yeah. In, in all seriousness, we very much, we believe fragrance should be affordable and it should be accessible. So that's how we roll. And that's why we're a little harder to find. We also, everything is made in the U.S. and everything is made by hand. We The wow. biggest batch of fragrance that we make is five gallons at a time. The only way that we can control all the different materials we have to have to use make so many different fragrances. So there's no Demeter stores. Was there ever a thought to have Demeter stores? We have them in other parts of the world, but it, I just can't figure out how to make the numbers work here without raising the prices. Vegas. Vegas, would do, when it gets everything, it's back to normal. To have a Demeter store in one of the malls in Vegas, that's what you have to do. Because you don't need a lot of space. No, no, not mm -hmm. at all. And a lot of in other places, like in Moscow, we have like kiosks all over Moscow. But you know what? I think the key is I think we've all got to have a voyage of self-discovery. Everybody needs their signature scent. And when you're limited to what's available for sale behind the counter at Walgreens and CVS, you are just completely missing the boat. You have Jennifer. Jennifer, I don't think a lot of people watching buy their colognes at Walgreens and CVS. Now, that's what are you saying to our, our our listeners and viewers? They go to Macy's, Jennifer. Macy's. What I'm saying is, if you go anywhere in the world, which we don't do anymore, but if you work in a kitchen, you work in a dish pit, <laughs> you work in the back of the house, somebody back of the house, sadly, somebody front of the house, maybe your guests are coming in and they went to the fragrance counter at the Walgreens or the CVS or <laughs> or or the uh, or the uh, Canal Street flea market. You know, you got to get the good stuff. This is amazing. Um, let me ask Mark a question before we let him go, because I'd like just to keep. I feel like we're here with an attorney, and we can keep him as long as he wants. We're not going to get a bill, so I want to ask him as many questions as I can. Tell us about the different country. What's the what's the best sellers? in the different countries of Demeter fragrance. What an that? interesting like, question. What's the best in Moscow? What are the Moscow drones with? In in Russia, the the patchouli sells very well, as does uh, cannabis flower, which uh, it, which is 
basically marijuana lightened up so you could wear it. Uh, uh, Actually, although they sell it under the name Amsterdam because uh, the cannabis is frowned upon. Right. In China, the top top seller is linden flower, (gasps) which no one even knows what it smells like in America. What? That's the purple stuff, Jennifer, that Rock One Rock uses in his fragrance for the vodka, Lindenberry. Interesting. And uh, in Korea, baby powder. Mm-hmm. How about Canada? Canada is very much like the like the U.S. Baby powder, sunshine. Um, those those kind of uh, transparent fragrances, clean skin, pure soap. North America is pretty consistent. That's amazing. Uh, and, Europe, and, and Europe is very similar. The, the big differences are the Asian countries. So what do you do? License? So you license, like you have to license, obviously, the name of some of the candies and stuff, right? Yes. Tootsie, we, we have an, uh, we've got, over the years, we have this ongoing arrangement with Tootsie Roll and we have an ongoing arrangement with Mattel. So right. we're doing Play-Doh, Play-Doh almost 20 years. But we've done the Sanrio fragrances. We've done Little Kitty before. Uh, we did Jelly Bellies. Yeah. We've done some Ben and Jerry stuff. We've had we've had a lot of fun. A few That's years fun. ago, we we ma- we made a fragrance called Cheeto for Cheetos, which was probably the most fun, not the best smelling, but yes, the most fun that I've had. This That's exciting. That's exciting. Michael, I hope you've had as much fun today as I have. Yeah, I mean, I think that what you're doing right now is segueing to get rid of Mark. I see what's happening. I don't know why. If you well, have fun, why wouldn't you want to keep him? But I understand. This is what happens when Jennifer yells at me before the show. I just go at it all the time. <laughs> what are you talking? I have no frame of reference for any of that. I'm Mark. We are so psyched to have you here. Can can we can we go back to that last? We started this whole conversation in sort of like a, a heady space. And talking about how that sense of smell is so powerful to us. And for everybody that works in the hospitality industry, it is a very sensorial business. We cook things, we eat things, we make things, we share things. You know, food is our love language. And you've been able to capture the essence of some of our most favorite love language delivery systems. And now we can have them like literally at our fingertips. But it, but it brings us to that place where how important scent is. And without trying to imagine how to recreate the smell of, you know, Musso and Frank's or, mm. or Junior Mints, which, I mean, I love all this. Talk for us about the philosophy of what you're doing today and, and why you're doing this and how important it is in this world that we're in right now. Well, one of the interesting things that I've actually noticed during this period, we're selling more and more power, what I would call powerful fragrances, fragrances that tend to evoke more powerful emotions, thunderstorm, paperback, uh, things that bigger. I think people are looking for that visceral punch. They're looking for something that's going to make them feel something because everything feels the same all the time and it doesn't feel so good. Uh, we're, we're, I think all of us are under the, this sort of unremitting pressure, whether it's emotional or financial or social right now, 
And we're all dealing with it one way or another. And I think people are more interested in something that will make them feel, period. I think that's the biggest difference right now. What's your ambition for where you take all this next? What do we need that we don't even know we need? You know, that's always what you're searching for. Uh, and I know what a few of those things are. One of them is gasoline, but I can't get it right. Another one is puppy's breath, which I just got right after 15 years. Uh, kittens fur is, by the way, our number two selling fragrance that did take oh. me 15 years to get right. Wow. Uh, I'm also very close to baking bread, which I've been working on at least 10 years. Wow. So, and the re it's not that you can't get a baking bread fragrance, but to get one with the materials you're allowed to use on the skin is yeah. very hard. What about birthday cake? Do you have a birthday cake fragrance? I do have a birthday cake fragrance. People love birthday cake. That was a big trend, wasn't it, Jennifer? Mm -hmm. Truffles would be smelly. I think truffles wouldn't be good. Fungus. Well, is it savory scents on the whole present problems. And they present problems at two levels. Technically, the materials that you need don't exist because there's no demand for them. Right. So to get savory materials that have been tested for use on the skin, almost impossible. Could be musky, earthy. Earthy musky would be a good, good for yeah. It's just, you can get close, but you can't yeah. really nail it. So for example, we did Flame for Burger King about 10, 15 years ago. It was very popular. Uh, they just gave it away in the restaurants. And I had to talk them into doing, they wanted to do a burger, which was not unreasonable, right. except you can't do it. It's just, you can't get the stuff. We ended up, so I talked them into doing, let's do frame broiled instead. We'll call it flame and I'll make it a mahogany scent. Well, it was a fabulous scent. So it blew up and became a very big promotion. But if we had done burger, it would have been a laugh, but you wouldn't have gotten a big, big run on it. Right. Mark, what's the, the difference? day, it's not. Mark, it's what's. It's like beer. Yeah. Mark, what's Who the difference like between it? something that smells good when you spritz it and you experience it versus putting it on yourself and wearing it? How does it change? How does that dynamic between, I love how it smells in the bottle, but, you know, it makes me smell like a turkey sandwich. That is a true urban legend, meaning that you've probably heard the urban, le uh, like an urban legend that the fragrance reacts with the oils in your skin, and sometimes it'll go bad with your oils. That's true. It's not an urban legend. The chem what you're doing when you spray a fragrance is it's binding to your skin chemically. It binds to the oils in your skin. That's what it holds on to, and that's how, how the fragrance stays and lasts. But when it combines with your oils, there's going to always be a small percentage where that chemical reaction is going to have a bad impact. So 99 people can wear Chanel number no. five and it's wonderful. And that one person will smell like crap. Mark, but, but they may want to smell like crap, Mark, because you don't have a crap also, fragrance, right? Also possible. <laughs> when, all right. When, Let's when, say goodbye to Mark, Jennifer. We don't want to keep him all night. We've already okay. kept him for all day. I know. One more question, Jennifer. Go ahead. One more question. I know it's important. Go ahead. Don't pout it out. No, I'm not pouting. I'm 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 so like I could talk. I, I wish I wish we could pour him a cup of tea and and chat for a couple of hours. Chicken, would you like some chicken and, and and waffle flavor or something? What are you What are you looking for, for Mark? No, one of the things I was I was thinking about as Mark was just speaking is the idea 
that when you spray something, are you spraying something that gives me an aroma or a feeling? I think in terms of feelings. I'm trying to evoke a feeling. Yeah. The, the fragrance is my tool to get to that feeling. The, ult the ultimate goal is to evoke a feeling. And, and the more the powerfully I evoke it, the better job I've done. And the clarity, the absolute brilliant clarity that you achieve in every single scent that you create rises to the level of irresistible, which is my other favorite word. And I have to say, Thank you. everything that we've sniffed really smells the way it's supposed to smell. And it's a really great example. And one of the most important things it does is it either gives us a, 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 a sense memory or it re-triggers a sense memory. And for that, that's what art's supposed to do. Well, again, I appreciate the, the art analogy. I'm not sure that I quite have earned it, but it's nice to hear. But we do have a very, we, we are very meticulous about what we do. We, we, tr we don't release a fragrance unless we really believe it's as good as we can make it and, and it's right. Beautiful. Well, thank, thank you, Mark. We, we're going to stay in touch with you and bug you constantly. Just be prepared. Anytime, guys. Thank you All so right, much. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. What a nice guy, huh? Isn't he amazing? I mean, what a weird business to be in, though. But that's, that's, those are the sexiest businesses to me, the ones you never heard of till you heard of them. Yeah, that's true. Well, we didn't no, know I, about perfume. Very cool. Very, very cool. It was exciting to learn about a lot I of know. stuff. Because we normally wouldn't, right? I know. Hold on one second, John. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold. I had to get that in, Jen, because they're paying. I had to get that in. They're paying. Congratulations. All right, Jennifer, thank you. I will look forward to seeing you uh, in a few days. with uh, On Friday, Chris, the one and only Chef David, David Burke, Burke will be with say. us. And Farmer Lee Jones is going to be with us to unbox one of his incredible boxes of Chef's Garden Culinary Vegetable Institute vegetables. Oh my God, Jennifer! Shift to your door. I wish it was shipped to my door, Jennifer, because I love pears. All right, goodbye, Jennifer. We'll see you next time. Hug your kids. Count your blessings. Didn't work.